0: What's up, friends in the room, friends watching online? I hope you guys had a great Christmas. If you're watching online, just put your phone up on your dashboard. You're on your way home. Just trust Jesus with the wheel. And uh, thanks for being with us today. Hey, uh, real talk. Uh, Sometimes after Christmas, uh, disappointment sets in. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, Especially if you didn't get what you thought you wanted and what you thought you were supposed to get. Uh, This happens to me every Christmas Uh, when I come downstairs. uh, What Santa Claus believes that I deserved for being good this year is very different than what I felt like I deserved for being good this year. And um, actually, counselors and psychologists have a name for it. Uh, There's a a spike in uh, depression after the holidays. They call it the post-holiday blues, uh, where many people are facing disappointment. Uh, where they're struggling in, in various areas of their lives, and it happens especially, especially after Christmas. I can remember the first Christmas that I was ever disappointed. Uh, I, I, can't, I remember it because it, it was like three years ago. Uh, my mom decided that she was going to start giving me stuff I needed for Christmas instead of stuff I wanted. Now, you know, Christmas is not about needs, it's about wants. It's about that stuff that everybody knows you shouldn't have it, you don't need it, it's frivolous, it's going to be broken soon anyway, but you want it, and it's Christmas, so just give it to somebody for Christmas. And I remember being at my mom's house and uh, coming downstairs and tearing through the presents underneath the tree and, and getting things like socks. And as soon as I got it, I was like, I looked over my dad. I was like, hey, dad, this is yours. I apologize. I didn't mean to open this up, but somebody got this for you. And my mom was like, oh, no, no, that's, those are yours. You, that, those are yours. I was like, why did you get these? Uh, and I didn't mean to sound ungrateful, but they're socks on Christmas, right? Why'd you get these? You needed them. So? <laughs> like, you can give me these socks in January. This isn't special right here. Like, you're my mom. Get me these socks in January. And open up another one in his clothes. Well, you you needed some new shirts, Nathan. Okay, well, I'm not going to argue that, but this is not what I wanted. This wasn't on my wish list, okay? Like, this isn't frivolous electronics and things that you don't need that you just get for Christmas anyway. These are things that I I need right here. You can get me, Mom, I love you, but you can get me these in November and January, but not in December, not for Christmas. We got to get the stuff that we need. I can remember that, like, just for the first time realizing that, like, I don't know if this is what it feels like to be an adult, Oh, that's a downer. But like you're getting here and you're like, man, I guess, I'll, I guess this thing is about getting stuff that I need now and getting gifts that, that make sense and that are very practical, which doesn't make sense to me because Jesus didn't get socks. He got gold, frankincense, and myrrh, okay? Like nobody showed up and be like, here's some diapers because you need them. No, that's not what Christmas is about. It's not about what you need. And uh, so I don't know if you've ever dealt with, with, with disappointment in, in life, but it can rear its ugly head, especially after the holidays. Um, sometimes people don't get what they want. Maybe it was sold out. Maybe it didn't get delivered in time. Maybe there was a miscommunication with you and your family members, and they, they got you a knockoff or something didn't translate, and you open it up, and you're like, wow, what is this? Thank you, I guess. And disappointment creeps in. Uh, Maybe, maybe you were hoping that this holiday would be different. This season would be different, that this would be the first time your family got together and it would be drama free. Right? Everybody's got that crazy uncle or brother or sister in your family or your in-laws that you really, like if you'd have known that's who they were before, you would have never married that girl. And so like, but you're like, okay, now I got them now. And so like, maybe they're just like, it's just conflict and you're constantly butting heads. And you were thinking maybe this year is going to be different. This is going to be the first year that we're not going to get in a fight and, and we're not going to have some big scene unfold at the dining room table. And, and yet here you are a few days after Christmas and you're going to pick up the pieces and trying to figure out what a path forward looks like. Maybe you were counting on being with your family over Christmas and it just didn't work out. Maybe travel plans or people got stuck at the airport or had to work at the last minute and, and there were some people that you really wanted around the table or there was a table that you really wanted to be around but it just didn't work out and, and you faced disappointment. Disappointment. Maybe you're one of those people that listen to Christmas music starting a couple of days before Thanksgiving and there's been so much hype, so much hope, so much energy built up towards December 25th and and then it, it came and it went and it didn't pan out. It wasn't what you expected. In fact, that's the very definition of disappointment. When your expectations and your realities are different, then that's when disappointment sets in. You thought this year was going to be different. You thought it was going to work out. You thought it was going to be good and that Christmas was going to be great, but it didn't work out. It didn't happen, and now here we are post-Christmas dealing with disappointment. But you know, disappointment is, is not something that just happens this time of year for people. It can hit you at any time. You thought your job was going great until your boss walked in and told you that "Mm, we just don't need you at the company anymore. You thought you were the picture-perfect person of health until the doctor walked in and told you something that was a very different story than that. You thought when you got that letter in the mail that had the logo of the university at the top that it was an acceptance letter and was going to let you know how much scholarship information you were going to get But then you opened it up and it said, we regret to inform you that your application has been denied. We look forward to seeing what your future holds someplace else. And it's disappointment sets in. Disappointment can knock the breath out of you. It can cause you to stumble. It can get you depressed. It can make you feel like just giving up and throwing the towel in. It can make you ask the question, what now? What's, what's next? Like I had so much hope. I had so much desire. I was putting so much into this particular reality that I was hoping would happen. And now that it hasn't, what do I do now? What's, what's the next step? If anyone can relate to disappointment in the Christmas story, it's Joseph. In fact, I mean like disappointment is a main theme it seems like in the very first Christmas and as we close out this Christmas series this year I want to look at what begins in the life of Joseph as the most disappointing day of his life. And we can learn a lot from this guy and what you and I can learn as we face disappointment, and how we handle disappointment. It's inevitable. Maybe some of you are in a season of disappointment right now. Maybe you've been in it a while, and you're just looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. When is it going to get better? When is it going to turn around? And so I want to share with you a few things this morning that can help you and help me know how to handle disappointment when it's placed in front of us, some things to look for and to understand as as we look at really the birth of Jesus being a huge disappointment for so many of the people that were involved in Matthew chapter 1, we're introduced to Joseph for the very first time. And in verse 18, we kind of get the setting of the story. Uh, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And this begins as a great story, right? A couple is having a baby. That's so exciting. And it's so so fun. Babies are so cute and and. Many people look forward to having a baby and dream about one day being parents and and there's a lot of planning that goes into it. Like for a family that's expecting a baby, it's just an exciting time. Uh, grandparents start bragging to their friends about it and you got ultrasound, little grainy pictures on social media and, and you, got, you got little brothers and little sisters that are, that are now gonna be big brothers and they're, they're rocking a t-shirt that says big brother or big sister to be and there's just a lot of excitement. Everybody's excited about that, that time and it sounds like this is how this story is gonna be. Great, a young couple is gonna have a baby how exciting, man. This is, this is great. This is how good stories start. But in this story, we see a but. There's a young couple that's going to have a baby, but before Mary and Joseph had their picture-perfect marriage ceremony, Mary got pregnant. And actually, Mary didn't get pregnant. Scripture says that she was found pregnant. Can you imagine what that would have been like for Joseph? To go home and tell his mom and dad that. For him to stand in front of his dad and say, Dad, um, I, uh, I found some news out today. I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, uh, Mary uh, was found pregnant. And I can imagine Joseph's dad. Now, this is a traditional Jewish family where honor is the most important thing. Even in the Middle East today, the worst thing that you can do as a human being is to bring dishonor to your family's name, to bring shame to your family's name. And this would have been a huge act of shame, not only for Mary and Joseph, but for their families involved as well. So it would have been very disappointing for Joseph to find this information out. Very disappointing for Joseph's dad to hear that and to hear his son begin to... To explain it so obviously Joseph's dad would not have been very excited and fired up about the news like Joseph what do you <laughs> come on bro what do you mean she was found pregnant like you need to start telling me the truth right now you, you, you need to start filling in some gaps to me right now or else you're gonna go to Mary tomorrow and say when I told my dad he found a whooping on my tail <laughs> which one is it man like be honest with me tell me the truth what's what's going on and scripture tells us that, that she was found with child. The problem is like Joseph didn't even have to ask. It's not mine. He knew it wasn't. Scripture says that he had never slept with his wife. They hadn't had the marriage ceremony yet. So they were waiting for that aspect of their relationship. And so he didn't have to ask. He didn't have to wonder. There didn't have to be a pregnancy, paternity test like Joseph knew. Think about the disappointment that he would have faced when getting that news. I mean, think about that. Come on, Mary. I loved you. I trusted you. I had big dreams for our life. Man, I had it all planned out. I've been saving up and working overtime to, to pay for all of this. And man, I, 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 I got a place to live. And I already had our happily ever after written out. How could you do this to me? How could you break this news? Like, what do you mean you were found and God told you? Like, none none of this makes sense. And Joseph encounters right here the two sources of discouragement and disappointment that every person in this room encounters. I'm disappointed by these two things. You are disappointed by these two things. It all comes down to these two. We're disappointed by people and by circumstances. People let us down. And then sometimes our circumstances aren't what we expected. They're not what we wanted. And our expectations and realities aren't the same. Nothing's changed. The same things that disappointed Joseph are the same things that disappoint us. We get disappointed when we set our hearts and our hopes on people. And in the Christmas story, God is going to help us see and help Joseph see that the way he designed life is for us to set our hearts and our hopes on him. That's the way to never be disappointed Hey, your family, your friends, your boss, your coworkers complete strangers, they're going to let you down every single time. The circumstances in your life, it won't be long before something will go unplanned and something will happen that you didn't want it to happen, and you'll face disappointment because of those circumstances. The big question is, how are you going to respond? Well, here's how Joseph responded in, in verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace he had in mind to divorce her very quietly first thing that i want to teach you from this story is we're dealing with disappointment like how do we wrap our minds around disappointment how do you face disappointment in like it is inevitable so we got to know what to do when we face these things the first thing is this if you're taking notes jot this down god often uses disappointments to shift our perspective now, this is easy for us to see because we see this story, we know this story, but this would have been totally blindsided to Joseph. Like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't believe that. He had his mind focused on one thing, Mary and family and future and job and, and I've got it all, like, God, I got it all planned out. I know exactly what I want to do with my life. And in a moment's notice, disappointment slaps Joseph in the face But what God does is He uses that disappointment to take Joseph's focus and perspective off of his plan onto something bigger. And God will use disappointment in your life and in my life in order to shift our focus and perspective. There's a lot of different ways to respond to disappointment, some people automatically seek revenge. Like If you disappoint me, then I will get you back. I will ruin your life. I will talk bad about you. I will run you in the ground. You will pay for what you did for me. Joseph could have very easily did that. As soon as Mary came in, he, he could have said, Mary, I, you are done. I am going to sue you. I'm going to sue your family. I'm going to shame your name. You won't even be able to show your face in this town anymore when I get done with you. I can't believe that you would do that to me. And sometimes our response to disappointment is like, well, if I can't be happy, then nobody's going to be happy. And if I don't get what I want, then you don't get what you want either. And that's just how we, we play the game. If I can't have the girl, then I will talk bad about her and ruin her reputation so that no one else wants this girl either. If I can't have the job, then I will run my competitors in the ground and my coworkers. I will make it hard for them to get a promotion or for them to get any satisfaction. If I can't be satisfied, then you won't be satisfied. And that's oftentimes our response to to disappointment in our lives. Some people get bitter. They get angry. They get depressed. Their emotions are going wild. They can't control them. And that's their response when, when disappointment hits. Other people, they just give up. They give up on life, they give up on success, they give up on marriage, they give up on finances. I I can't turn it around, it'll never work, I don't know what to do, so just forget all of it. They'll turn their back on God and turn their back on their faith. We can do all of those things or we can do what Joseph did and it seems kind of crass at first, but when disappointment comes for Joseph, he made a plan to move on and move forward. He refused to get stuck in it. He refused to let his past failures dictate his future and so he came up with a plan scripture says this is what the law says that anytime a woman in this culture cheated on her husband the husband had the full right it was actually the law to divorce her and it was well within the law for you to sue her family take all of their money run their name into the ground and completely shame them that was what would have would have been done by most men and completely within the law but Joseph was different. No wonder God chose him. Joseph said, I want to do what's right by the law, but also, man, let's be honest. I love this girl. And I don't want to cause her any more pain, and I don't want to cause her any more shame. So instead of getting revenge or instead of turning my back on God, and instead of taking things in my own hands, man, I'll just figure out how am I going to move on? How can I move forward in my life? And he said, I'll just, I'll just divorce her quietly and, and move on. And in verse 20, it says what he he did next. But but after Joseph had considered this. I love that. I love that first phrase. It gives us some insight on what you and I need to do when we face disappointment. The second thing to jot down is, is this. When you face disappointment, man, it's time for you to take a step back. Notice what Joseph did not do. As soon as Mary came in and told him, hey, I'm pregnant, hey, heads up, this is not what we planned, Joseph could have easily yelled at her, torn her apart, torn her down, sullied her name, torn her family apart, taken all the money that she had, and responded, gut response out of emotion. And that's how many people respond when they're disappointed. But you know what Joseph did? He took a step back and began to think through things. All right, God, not what I had planned what do you want me to do what would honor you and what would honor this girl god it doesn't make any sense what she is telling me right now and i don't even know if i believe her but i don't want to tear her down i i want to do the right thing and so joseph took a step back didn't didn't get heated in the middle of the moment didn't respond in a way that he was going to have to come back later and say i'm sorry i overreacted please forgive me but he took a step back He could have looked at Mary and said, I hate you, you broke my trust, I never want to see you again, I deserve better than you, but he simply just thought and took a step back and said, God, how would you have me handle this? What is my response to disappointment? He wanted to do the right thing. I love that about Joseph. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Do you notice that phrase in verse 22? All of this took place. All of this. All of this. You know what all of this is? The unplanned pregnancy, the severe disappointment, the distrust that Joseph now faced, the hurt that he had in his life. Scripture makes it very clear. God says, Joseph, all of this happened for a reason. All of this. And Joseph could have very easily said, hey, here's the deal, God. I don't want a crazy pregnancy, right? I don't, I don't want my son. What do you mean my son's going to be the savior of the world? What does that mean? I'm not trying to raise a hero. I'm a carpenter. I need somebody to take over the family business. That's all. Got to call him Jesus. I'm not going to call him Jesus. I already got a name picked out. Joseph Jr., we're going to call him JJ. That's what I want. That's my plan. Like, God, don't be coming in here with this is my plan, and this is what I want to do, and Emmanuel, savior of the world. Like, go use somebody else. I got plans. Joseph was just like every other guy. In the engagement process. I had three jobs when I decided that I wanted to marry my wife Elizabeth. Number one was to buy the ring. Number two was to plan the honeymoon. Number three was to get in shape so that when I took my shirt off my wife, my new wife, would be impressed. <laughs> two out of three is not bad right there. <laughs> I did what I could. And then the rest Elizabeth just said, show up at this time, wear these clothes, have everything together, right? But I had it planned. It's like, I know every, I got it all planned out. And and like, I'm probably similar to every engaged guy that's ever walked into this room. Like, we got a plan. We know what we're supposed to do. We're going to execute the plan. Joseph's the same thing. And then here's what happens. God lays out a huge disappointment in Joseph's life. He says, wait a minute, God, that's not what I had planned. That's not how I dreamed it up. No, 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 God, I got, I got it written down of what I got to do and when I got to do it. And, and like we we're, we're, we're get a home together and we got a business plan. I know how I'm going to pay for it. And this is what Mary's going to do. And this is what I'm going to do. Come on, God, this is me. This is my plan. And oftentimes in the face of disappointment, we can make a choice. Here's the choice that Joseph had to make. Here's the choice that you and I have to make. The third thing is focus on God's plan Instead of your problem. Hey, when we face disappointment, we got a choice to make. We can either focus on the problem that is in front of us that is disappointing us, or we can focus on God's plan behind the disappointment. we got a choice. Like, Joseph could have said, God, this is not what I want. It's not how I want to do it. Can't believe this has happened to me. Or he can do what you're getting ready to see Joseph do, and he can take a step back and say, all right, God, this is not my plan. And this seems like a problem to me. It's a disappointing thing to face this. But what Joseph began to do is begin to look for God's hand in the midst of disappointment. He began to say, God, this is not how I would have planned it. This is not how I dreamed it. But I'm willing to put my dreams aside and trust that you've got something greater, that you've got something bigger. Instead of throwing his hands up in the air and throwing himself a pity party and cursing God and blaming others, he decided to push through all of the other noise and begin to search for God's hand moving in the process. Can you do that? Is that your response to disappointment? Or is it forget about this? God doesn't care. I don't even love God. I don't even know if God's real. I'll I'll turn my back on Him, lose your faith, lose your family, forget this marriage, forget this job, forget these finances. I'll always be a slave to it. Might as well just in, embrace the, the difficulty that is life. Or you can push through all of that and be like, all right, God, where are you? I'm looking. Where's your hand? Where's your purpose? Where are you moving behind the scenes? pulling things t- together. That's exactly what Joseph did. I can imagine Joseph had the same questions that you and I would have had. Come on, God. Why this? Why now? Why me? Everything was going so great. Why'd you have to mess it up? I had a plan. God, I was doing everything the right way. I- I'm even going to divorce this girl. I'm not, I'm not going to shame her. I'm going to do it quietly. Just just what the law says. I'm in the right, God. But disappointment still, still came his way. It's a really important question that we're going to have. How will you respond to that? When disappointment comes, how will you respond? What will you do? What what will it look like? Because I I can tell you this, how you respond to disappointment today will determine whether your life is either going to turn around or tomorrow you'll hit an all-time low. It's your choice. We can look at the face of disappointment and see nothing but our problem. And nothing but our dreams and our goals that have been shattered. Or we can push past the noise and look for God's hand in the midst of all of it. And say, all right, God, I'm going to trust that if the answer to me is no, then that means you have a bigger and a better plan for me. That you got a plan that I can't see, that I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to just have to learn how to trust you. Last two verses. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Last thing that I want you to get. Please, please, I think God may be trying to do something in some people's lives. And I don't want you to miss it. Sometimes, number four, sometimes a disappointment is actually a divine appointment. Sometimes the things that you view in your life as a loss or a disappointment, or a pain, or a struggle, or a confusion point is actually God's way of orchestrating things to get you to become the man or the woman that he's called and created you to be. That's exactly what he did with Joseph. Joseph had a plan. This is what I'm going to do. And God said, actually, I've got a better plan. And the way you're going to realize that is Joseph got slapped in the face with disappointment. Some of you are facing disappointments right now uh, because you're actually running from what God created you for. And it may seem odd, but God allowing these failures and these hurts and these disappointments in your life is actually one of the kindest and gracious things that God could do for you right now. Because instead of him allowing you to chase things that don't matter, that aren't going to bring you satisfaction, that are not what he created you for, only to get to the end and come up completely empty, he'll put a disappointment in your life right now to shift your focus. And we in, we're in the struggle. And we got an opportunity to, to curse God or follow God. You got an opportunity to say, this isn't fair, or an opportunity to say, all right, God, you've obviously got something different you got something that I can't see right now. you got a bigger and a better plan, and you're you're saving me from a mistake right now. So I'm just going to begin to look for your hand. See, God, instead of wasting your life chasing empty things, God will allow you to face disappointment after disappointment after disappointment in hopes that one day you'll reevaluate the path that you're on, and you'll see where he's called you to be. How will you respond to disappointment in your life? Joseph had a plan. He had an, uh, an appointment with his life, but God had something better. So, through that disappointment, God allowed Joseph to be a part of something that was so much bigger, so much better. But he had to get to the point where he was willing to look at God and say, All right, God, I'm gonna, everything's on the table. You know my goal, you know my dreams, you know what I wanna do, you know what I had planned but if there's something more, then I'll trust you. If you're pushing me in a different direction, then I'll trust you. If you're shifting my focus, then I'll trust you because I believe that your plan is always better than mine. Thank goodness Joseph did that. He imagined what he would have missed out on if he'd have sacrificed God's dream for his. If he'd have looked at God and said, no, I'd rather have what I want and push through this than to face the disappointment again and to get off of my path. (laughs) No wonder God chose Joseph. No wonder God chose this guy to be the earthly father to raise his son. Man, that kind of insight, that kind of character, that kind of integrity, that kind of ability to say, God, I'm willing to sacrifice my own dreams and my own goals if you want to use me to do something more. I wonder if God looked in this room today if he could find another Joseph. Joseph. Another person that was willing to run headlong into disappointment, put their head and focus next to God and say, God, wherever you lead, I'll go. Whatever you want to do, I'm in. If that means me sidelining what I want to do and my hopes and my dreams and my plans, God, I'm going to trust you that yours are better. Man, I wonder if there's some Josephs. In here today that God could use to tell an incredible story to get people that are far from God into a relationship with his son Jesus. That's exactly how God used disappointment to write the greatest story ever told. And 2,000 years later, a story that began on disappointment that ended in faithfulness has now produced a revolution of life change through Jesus. What could God do through you today? What could God do through you in 2020 if you were just willing to say, all right, God, your plan, your timeline, your purpose, I'll follow you. (laughs) I'll follow you. At the end of every one of our services uh, over this Christmas uh, series, we've had gift bags by the door that have this little resource in them. I've told you guys about it. They tell the story. It's a short book, really, really funny book that tells the story of the different characters of Christmas. And we've had over 80 books picked up in, in just in four weeks, 80 people saying, hey, if, if this is who Jesus is, then I want to know him. It, wait, if God can do these types of things in my life today, then I'm interested. I, I, I want to know like, I want to know this Jesus. And so this week is the last week we're going to do it. I, I want to challenge you on your way out the door. If you're facing disappointment and you're ready for today to be the turnaround, today for, to be the time where you look and say, God, I might have been running from your will and your plan for my life my whole time. I'm done with that, man. I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. If this is what it looks like, if understanding how to deal with disappointment and hurt and shame, if this is what you can produce in my life, if I just turn my eyes on Jesus, then I'm in. Man, if that's you, you need to grab one of those books. I really do believe the message in that book could change your life today. We had somebody that was watching online last week that heard that part of the story, and they sent us an email with their address and say, man, can you mail me one of those books? I want to know if this Jesus could change my life. And hopefully they've got it and are reading it right now. Man, what an incredible opportunity that God would send his only son, Jesus, to help us realize that we have a purpose, that he has a plan, and that he can use us, despite everything going on, around us to make his son's name famous. Stop running from what God created you for and start running towards him this morning.